from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fantasy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and this week we are talking about the WGC HSBC champions. That is a lot of letters to get in there. And uh, as always, we have Joel Beal with us, although this time Joel is actually at the Golf Digest hot list. Uh, he is out of the office, but Joel has been kind enough to call in. Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know what? I, I, I think this is a good omen. I think I saw Tim Tebow this morning. Stop. He is, he is out here in the Arizona Fall League. So, wow. Um, that looks a lot like T-Bay. That's nonsense. And then I realized, wait a minute, dude's out here. So if anything, I feel like this podcast could be blessed. Wow. It really could be. And maybe we should be picking uh, Florida Gator graduates. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, the, if it takes that this, turn. This is true. Mate. Good point. That could yeah. be an omen. Interesting. Didn't think about that. Tim Tebow. Wow. Okay. Well, with that, Brush let's start. <laughs> Uh, let's get started with the tournament. This is actually a big tournament. Obviously, we joke about the, the name, uh, but it is a World Golf Championship. It is in Shanghai, and 40 of the top 50 players in the official World Golf ranking are playing this week. So, again, this is kind of like a big deal that that's thrown into the middle of what we used to consider the offseason. I wonder, Joel, do you like the fact that we have a big event during the offseason, or do you— or does it just kind of seem out of place? No, I, I think it's okay. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago, we referred to this as golf silly season. Yeah. Uh, if you know the PGA Tour is making a you know concerted effort to give life to this this type of this time of year, which not only this tournament but next year with the, the CJ Cup that'll be in South Korea, which has an I think like a nine point five million dollar purse. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable on tour outside of you know the WGC and, and majors events. I'm okay with it. You know, some would argue that, hey, this is kind of football or baseball mm-hmm. time to shine, but clearly the Ryder Cup numbers show, and even last week's numbers show that people are still tuning in. So, yeah, if we're going to be playing golf this time, why don't I have the best players play? So I'm all for it. Yeah, and you're right. The purse, it's unbelievable. That that $9.5 million purse for the CJ Cup next year matches what the purse is for this WGC. So that just shows you how much money – uh, going into these tournaments, of course, that doesn't hurt when it comes to getting guys to fly all the way over there to play uh, when they're playing for that much money. But um, all right, let's start with uh, who do you like this week uh, in your lineup? The one guy that really pops off the page is Brandon Grace. I think we kind of looked at him as a popular pick last year to make the you know, proverbial leap. I think generally people would say that didn't happen, yet he actually had a very quietly good campaign he had two top fives in majors also won the heritage so i mean there's a reason he's the 16th player in the world mm-hmm. um, conversely he also played really well here last year i think he fired a 63 in the first round also he finished tied for fifth extremely affordable this week too which is again he's 16th in the world i know there's 40 of the top 50 here but a lot of you know fancy sides are look, looking at him as like a third or fourth tier player i think he's a guy who's going to really contend this week um yeah it, this is Chase Young is more of a shot maker's course. It actually compares very well to Malaysia last week in terms of you don't have to be a great putter here. You just have to really you, know, you don't have to be long either. I know having Dustin Johnson and Bubba Watson as previous winners that would seem to be the case, but you also have Russell Knox. You have Ian Poulter who's played well here in the past. You don't have to be that long off the tee, which I think fits in the Grace's uh, 
Grace's makeup. I, I, I really like him this week. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Brandon Grace. I did not think you were going to start there, but uh, certainly you make some good points. I would like to just talk about, and I'm, I'm going to pick one of them because I, I feel like it's cheap to pick both, but obviously you mentioned Dustin Johnson and also Rory McIlroy, the top two guys really right now. I know Jason Day's technically ranked number one, but I think everybody is feeling like these are the two guys right now at the top of the sport. They are both playing this week. And I wanted to ask you about Rory McIlroy in particular because it appears, or it's not appeared, it's been confirmed he is at least trying out a tailor-made M2 driver uh, at least in uh, in practice this week. He's got it with him in Shanghai. Um, of course, he is a Nike guy. Nike is not no longer in the golf club business. He is still going to wear Nike, but he is searching for other equipment companies to use. What do you make of this potential switch? Obviously, this would be a huge deal because this is not basically the marquee player and switching the marquee club that he uses. Yeah, a few issues, or not issues, few points on macro, I should say. One, I think a lot of people are surprised by the timing. If you remember back to, I think it was Beth Page this year, he mentioned it could be a long process switching out clubs. Mm-hmm. The easiest club to switch for a pro is definitely a driver, and you, to a lesser extent, a fairway would. Irons can take a player a couple months to get it used to. Mm. The caliber of, of play on tour, guys only really need 500, 600 balls to really groove into a driver. So, wow. you know, I think McElroy will stick with the Nike Irons for the foreseeable future, but the first club out of the, the big change was going to, this kind of player would be the, be the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, as in the actual club itself, I mean, Taylor made now with, with Rory theoretical on the, on the roster has, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, and Rory. That's three of the longest hitters on tour. Yeah. Um, the one thing I thought was a little interesting was he is going with the M2 version. I think a lot of people look at M1 as this you know, technological revelation. That's the club that Day and Dustin use. And aesthetically pleasing, yeah, it, it, you can see the technology on the face with the movable adjustments. The thing that really caught my eye, though, is the M2 is it was kind of pushed out as almost a secondary club, a club that was a little more fiscally responsible, I guess you, you could say, is mm-hmm. about $100, $125 less than the M1. It's really more for forgiveness. And hmm. we, we kind of put that club to the test last year, and there really is a tire dispersion. What we mean by that is, whereas the M1 definitely does fly, if you hit the M1 just slightly bad, and you especially see this with Jason Day, it can go way offline. So I think when Rory kind of, and I know we think of his putting as being the, the main vice of his game, but... He sometimes gets a little wild to tee. This M2 is, is perfect for his game. Hmm. It really is. I mean, he hits the ball far enough as it is. By the way, one thing we also should mention, I think some people saw the no-laying-up uh, distances the, from the launch monitor. Right. Those numbers are extremely false. Um, don't, I'm sure they came from a launch monitor, but one thing you need to know about launch monitors, they can be adjusted accordingly. Uh, if, uh, I hate to make accusations, but some retailers will jack them up a little bit. That's why if you have a hit your driver 235 yards, 240 yards, and all of a sudden you're hitting a 280-yard drive at a, at a retailer. Sure. Probably the launch monitor is not exactly giving you the full tail. So right. the, the reason we say that is the spin rate, Rory, I think a lot of people saw the 330-yard carry mm-hmm. uh, from those launch monitor numbers. That's not necessarily what tipped it off. It was the spin rate. It's actually it's scientifically impossible to get that number at that at that speed. So don't get too caught on that. That said, he will be playing the M2. I, I think it's really going to help his game. Um I think, and also helping him is Brooks Kepka, a fellow Nike guy, is playing the M2. Um, I think it really is a club that's perfectly fit for guys who are looking for forgiveness, and that's why Roy made the right choice. Interesting. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think anyone who thinks about it for a second would realize that when you're testing out a club, they're going to calibrate that system to make you look good so you buy the club. But it's just tough to imagine, uh, unless those numbers were just totally, you know, photoshopped or whatever. Rory, you know, it's not like Rory McIlroy is in a golfsmith hitting balls into the the screen and and they're they're you know they're tweaking it to to kind of mess with them. But uh, that is interesting that you say that. But you do also say, uh, I know you you hit an M two also. Uh, you play an M two. You do also say that you think it's going to be perfect for him. And that that's a scary thought for everybody because obviously he's already um, probably the best driver of the golf ball in the world. Uh, either he or Dustin Johnson. And uh, if if it's going to become an even bigger advantage for him, that that only poses problems for guys down the road. So anyway, I, long story short, I, I am going with Rory this week. I don't care if he has a new driver in the bag. I, I liked hearing what you said there. You are a, an equipment expert. Uh, it doesn't take that long for these guys to get acclimated to a new driver. And and I just like uh, I like what Rory's bringing into there, especially considering uh, a T11 is his worst finish in this event in the five years he's played there. So uh, I'm starting with Rory there. Uh, also, another guy who just seems to make sense is is Justin Thomas. I mean, this guy is rolling right now. I know we joked a couple weeks ago about if his work in the gym, you know, I think he, he uh, gave himself kind of the nickname of Swole Monkey, uh, talking about his biceps. And he, do, he does look pretty jacked. But we joked if, if this would hurt or help his golf game. Certainly it hasn't hurt his golf game. He finished T8 at the Safeway, and then he wins in Malaysia, uh, making 29 birdies. He defends his title there. Uh, he's already over there in Asia. He's not you know, having to adjust like some of these other guys. Uh, I don't know how you don't plug him into the lineup this week. Especially when he goes by Swole Monkey. Swole Monkey, yeah. And much need of some lively nicknames. So mm-hmm. for that reason alone, the fact when a guy has enough swag to call himself Swole Monkey, yeah. you, you got to go with him, right? Agree. I mean, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. But um, so who, so who else? Thing we will never say about our physiques, by the way. No. After judging by one of your photos of us at the Sites Cup. I, I think that, that designation safely does not apply yeah. to us. Oh, that's right. You mentioned the Sites Cup. Just a quick aside for everybody, not to not to bore everybody too much. We did have the intra-office uh, golf digest annual. It's like a Ryder Cup event, uh, except you know, there's not really. Oh, it means a lot more. It means a lot more, and there are a lot less fans there. But it is very exciting. We had we pitted the older people in the office. We called them Team Baby Boomers against the younger people. We called them Team Millennials. There's some stretches there because. I am a millennial. I, I am. I'm a borderline, but I, I am technically a millennial. But there are some people a little older than me who probably aren't really millennials, but they, they were on our team. And Joel and I were co-captains, and we won. It was very exciting. So big pat on the back for Joel and I. Joel, if you were sitting next to me, I'd give you give you a high five. But anyway, it was it was a lot of Would fun. Would you put that ab- above or right on par with your marriage as one of the best days of your life? Ooh, great question. Well, since it's this year... Uh, I can say it's the best day of this year. I don't have to put it up against my marriage, but yeah, it, it would. If you bring in all the all the highlights, yeah, it's right up there, Joel. I mean, it. You know, I know you felt the pride too. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a big day. Friday was a big. I was, big I was day. planning on taking the trophy out and drinking it all through the night, and as soon as I got home, I fell asleep for three hours. So uh, well, maybe that, we shouldn't exactly be on team one. You'll put I, it that well, way. I, well, you're right, and I, and I couldn't do anything when I got home either. I was exhausted. And I think it just was so emotionally draining. Not only our, our, <laughs> our competitive match that we won with, with back-to-back birdies on the final two holes, 
side note, we do play two-man scramble, which makes us all feel a little better about our games. But uh, I think, you know, you and I doing the captaining, I mean, you know what, we sent one email out and uh, we made a few pairings. I mean, it was a lot of work, so... You know, we deserve to. Basically, uh, the new dream team. You know, basically, put a head speed and read to the side. The, the new dream team, Gil <laughs> Myers. Book it. That's right. Um, and you did because you're away. We don't have the. Co- I was really excited to have the trophy sitting near our, our desks, but hopefully you'll remember to get it out of your car at some point so we can. We yeah, can, if uh, it hasn't been jacked in JFK. But mm, good point. <laughs> um, that would not be a good end to to that tournament's no. history. <laughs> Um, all right, moving on. Who else do you like this week? Second guy that really kind of really pops out today is Louis Oosthuizen. Uh He didn't reach the Tour Championship, but he still had a really nice finish to his season with four consecutive top twenties. Has a nice history at this tournament. Uh, not surprising given Louis green players in the world. Mentioned before, uh, not putting really doesn't mean that you know the greens aren't that hard to navigate, which is good for Oosthuizen because he was been really shaky. He was outside the top hundred in strokes green putting last year. But you can't get away with shaky putting, and as long as Louis just keeps it manual, I think he's a guy who's. I mean, I, think, I can. Not if he doesn't contend, he's definitely good for a top ten finish. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with another hot hand, and this is Alexander Norin. Um, it's not just because we share a first name. This guy is red hot uh, since July. He's won three of his last nine starts. Unfortunately, two of them came after the European Ryder Cup team had been finalized, or he would have been on that team at Hazeltine. Uh, he's in the top 20 of the official World Golf ranking right now. I just think he's still flying a little under the radar. Um, you know, he's a guy who's, uh, I think, 34 years old. He's kind of, like myself, he's kind of peaking right now. No, no, I'm not. But he is definitely peaking right now. And I think that right now he's kind of, he's not valued high enough in in in, in any fantasy format that you see. So um, I think now's the time to to strike with Alex Norin from Sweden. That's my guy. Who who do you, who's next for you? <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm with you in the same wavelength. I'm playing the high hand, and only my guy is Hideki Matsuyama. Yep, yep. hasn't really played well here at the tournament in past appearances, but I, you know I'm forgetting the past in favor of the present because Matsuyama is coming in on a roll. Fifth to the Tour Championship, won the Japan Open, and then second last week in Malaysia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Many ways, last week's course and. Chase only has similarities in the sense they facilitate low scores. Tenth in the world. Don't be surprised if Matsuyama cracks the top six or seven this year. Mm-hmm. I think this is where he really gets started. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with he's not a, he's certainly not a hot hand, but he did finally show a little life at the end of the year last year, and that's Bubba Watson. He won this tournament in 2014 um, under cool, kind of windy, wet conditions. The conditions this week are supposed to be the same. Usually this really is a shootout where, you know, 20 under is kind of the, the target score. But uh, the, the conditions are going to be as such that, similar to what they were in 2014 when Bubba and Tim Clark were both 11 under. Uh, you might remember Bubba hold that bunker shot on the final hole for Eagle. Uh, just an incredible bunker shot that got him into a playoff. He then birdied that hole again to win. Um, and certainly Bubba got off to a great start to last season when he won at Riviera, but uh, really cooled off. Didn't have a top 10 for the rest of the year, but he did have three top 20s in the playoffs, uh, finished with a, you know, a little better performance than what we had seen in, in the middle of the year from him. Um, and it's not like he was missing cuts every week or anything like that. I just think it was a little low for him. Again, he's another guy 
Uh, big name, but a little undervalued this week, and that's why I like Bubba. And the one thing about Bubba, it's, he seems to have these three or four tournaments where he just plays really well consistently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Augusta is a two-win, right. but same thing at Travelers Championship every year. It seems yep. like he's competing there. He's just a guy. He, he He's a creature of habit, and this is one of those places that peaks with fancy, and let's be honest, that's right. for Bubba. He's the type of guy that he needs to feel comfortable. He, he you know, he. This is a, this. It's weird because there's a lot of off the course. Uh, I don't want to say distractions, but um, this is because of that high purse. There, a lot of guys get. Uh, you mentioned forty, the top fifty, of the players are here. Mm-hmm. Not only the purse, but this is one of the tournaments that has a lot of appearance fees kind of tied yeah. to it. And Bubba's obviously one of those guys benefiting from that. Uh, but because of that, you do have to do a lot more appearances, and that. Just what we know about Demir, you would think that wouldn't sit well with him. But, again, he's done this in the past, and, yeah, I'm with you. I think Bubba is definitely one of the 67 names you have to look at this week. I, I also like the the tournament to try to hype up the event. They came out this year with a, a list of five superheroes, and Bubba was one of them. And the, he, he did a, You know, they always do these crazy photo shoots. You probably remember some of these great ones through the years with featured Phil Mickelson and Duffner wearing capes and – holding spears and stuff and tiger woods and lee westwood sword fighting uh but this year the theme was superheroes and bubba is quote the magician then there's how tong lee who is the the force there's ricky eagle eye fowler uh there's dustin the heat johnson and there's henrik the machine stenson and i just want to say about ricky the pose they have him is it's kind of like he's pulling a, a bow and arrow, but it looks like he's scratching his back. So I think that his superpower is apparently being a good back scratcher. I don't know if you saw any of those pictures. That's not but. a superpower to, uh, you know, put your nose up at. I, I wish I had that superpower. Uh, yeah, right? It's, um, it's, it's, oh, my God, that'd be great. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, well, apparently he's got it. And we'll look for all these superheroes this week during this big event. Any Anybody else you want to highlight? One guy who is kind of intriguing. I'm not 100% sold on him, but I think he just has a really high ceiling this week, and that's Brooks Kepka. Hmm. The ankle issue doesn't really worry me. I think anyone who watched the Ryder Cup can attest to that Kepka had no problem getting off his side. Um, sure. What does scare me a little bit is his putting. Even that we've mentioned multiple times that you don't have to be the best putter here. He was ice cold, really, from the PGA Championship on. Um, even in that last round at, at Baldestral, that Plaxton kind of betrayed him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned with Ustazen, you know, they won't. This this course doesn't throw a lot of curveballs at yet. I think Kepka's distance and really his creativity in terms of shot making give him a, a really good chance. And as long as that putting is just average, I think he's a guy who you know going into the weekend should have a really good shot at the trophy. Yeah, um, and and you know I I also forgot to mention there is a second PGA Tour event this week it is the Sanderson Farms Championship. As if you couldn't get enough. PGA Tour action, although this one will be on at a time where you can actually watch, whereas the HSBC, unfortunately, will be on in the middle of the night for the most part. But um, this is the trophy that, uh, sorry, the tournament that is in Mississippi, and it is the trophy that is in the shape of a rooster. Uh, That might be why you remember it. Peter Malnati won last year. Um, I'm not going to break down the field here. I, I don't expect Joel to either. I just did look at the odds, though, for this event. And Chris Kirk is the big favorite at 12 to 1, followed by Patton Kazire, 15 to 1. And then Ian Poulter, 25 to 1. He's the third favorite in this event. So not a, not a, not a great field um, down in Mississippi. But, uh, but Poulter did finish T17 last week uh, in kind of his, he's starting his comeback uh, from that injury last year. 
uh, Alice, is there anyone that really you want to stay away from this week? Um, well, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, I don't want to pick Rory and Dustin. Uh, I'm going with Rory, so I'm going to stay away from Dustin, which is really tough to do because even when he doesn't win, it seems like he's in the top five uh, almost every time. I just saw an incredible stat um, that he's actually finished in the top 10 of 55% of his tournaments since the start of 2013-14 season. So, again, it's tough to ever pick against him, but I just do think the natural tendency, uh, especially he was just recently announced PJ Tour Player of the Year, not that that was a surprise to anyone. He clearly deserved that award. Um, I just think he will be gobbled up by almost everybody. Um, and, you know, he is coming off a, a trip to Mexico, uh, a trip to Vegas. Uh, he's been, you know, enjoying the what is left of the offseason. And uh, I, I'm not sure if we're going to get peak, peak Dustin Johnson performance this week. So that's why I'm, I'm going to stay away from him. What about you? That's not that's not a bad theory to ride, and honestly, sometimes picking against the field favorites, uh, kind of at least in terms of trying to get your investment back, a pretty smart move. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Matt Kuchar is a guy who doesn't really doesn't really do much for me. Don't get me wrong, consistent in most tournaments, you pull Kuchar and just watch the top ten roll in. Conversely, I, this doesn't seem like the environment though where he's the best bet. You know, mm-hmm. looking at last year, like I know you mentioned, the weather is going to be a little bit of a factor this year, but. Historically, this is not a venue where you know par is your friend. You need to be making birdies left and right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kuchar is capable of going well, but I think he really shies when you know he's just trying to shy away from the high numbers. He's not the worst of plays. I just think there are a lot of better options than when he can deliver, especially at his price tag in most formats. So Kuchar is the guy who, just again, unless you're really up against it, I'd stay away from him this week. Mm-hmm. Any uh, last thoughts on either tournament this week? You know, uh, it's it's funny because I, I almost wonder, you mentioned this is not going to be on at a reasonable time. This almost seems like the perfect opportunity to really use, I, I, it's, it stinks, I, hate, I know people hate tape delay in this day and age, but at least for golf, at least this type of tournament, it, it's not a major, I think most people would be okay mm-hmm. watching a couple hours later, even if they already know, the, know who wins. I think a lot of people just enjoy having golf in the background. That's one thing I don't quite understand, I, I wish if, if we're talking about trying to grow the game, I think this would be a better opportunity than showing it in the middle of the night. But that, that's my only real hmm. complaint. This is also me getting like three hours of sleep. So sorry if that came off a little whiny. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You whiny. Imagine that. Um, I know, right? But no, no. <laughs> I, that, that, you know, that's an interesting thought. Or, or maybe even if it wasn't tape delayed and showed at like the usual three to six time slot on Sunday, but maybe like from nine to 12 in the morning where, you know, you know, I, I know us millennials, we wake up and we check our smartphone instantly and we see everything that's going on. But maybe you wake up on Sunday, you just don't check your phone, you you go downstairs, you watch a little golf for a couple hours. You're right, maybe you could almost get away with not, not finding out what's happened and, and still be surprised by the action. I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough spot. I know tape delay stinks, but I know why they do it. And it, it's just a tough, tough thing to get around, unfortunately. Um, but, um, anyway, that, that, I think that wraps it up. Joel, does that wrap it up? It's tough to, to know when you're not sitting next to me, if, if, uh, if that wraps it up or not. It doesn't help that I'm currently looking at like a, it's 90 degrees out here right now and there's a pool stand right in front of me and I'm stuck inside talking to you. So yeah, yeah, get out, go, go out there and enjoy the weather. It's, uh, it's freezing here. So, um, yeah. 
enjoy it. Stay out there. Uh, we will talk to you next week again. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, to everybody else, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't done so already. And good luck this week with your fantasy teams. Talk to you next week.